Good morning. I want to welcome you to Cornerstone Church. My name is Sean Apke. I'm lead pastor here. Glad you're here today. Wasn't worship just amazing? Amen. Don't we serve a great God? Come on, give the Lord praise one more time. Thank you, Lord. He is so good. God is just awesome. I just love, uh, I mean, listen, I'll tell you what, I got to hang out twice. I mean, I don't want you to do this, but um, if you could, and we, we could we could have the room, you should come both services, but don't do that. Um, I just I, I just I'm privileged and honored to be able to come both services and just listen to the Lord and see Him use you guys and the worship. It's just been amazing. I mean, God's just doing so many things. I tell you what, God is so good. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to finish our series on Galatians today. Turn to Galatians chapter six. In your bulletin, there's some uh, notes you can follow along with us in. And uh, really, to sum up Galatians here, you know, our, our title is Freedom. I tell you what, I love to be free. I mean, and, and Christ set us free. And, and one of the things that uh, Paul really talks about all through, really Galatians 6, really comes out where he wraps everything up. And he basically says, it's really a fight. Do you want to live by the flesh? Or do you want to live by the Spirit? Do you want to do it your way, man's way? Or do you want to do it God's way? In fact, in uh, verse 7, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, he, he talks about that. He says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows in the flesh, to his flesh, will also of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So, I mean, he's saying here, he's talking about, you know, how the Judaizers were trying to get you to live by the flesh. Basically, you know, you're going to be, you're going to do all the rituals. You're going to do all, you're going to be circumcised, even though you don't need to be anymore. It's all about the outside. I don't know about you. I'm getting tired in my life by living by the flesh. I'm tired about fighting to get better. Are you tired of fighting to get better? I mean, you're comparing yourself to other, but, and you never measure up. And that was the law's all about. And see, the thing about it is, this new covenant, God has set us free. He goes on and says in verse 9, he says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you're going to reap if you do not lose heart. Therefore, as, as we have this opportunity, let us all do good, especially to those who are the household of faith. And then he goes on in verse 11. And Paul writes, he writes this, he says, he says, see what large letters or big letters I am writing you with my own hand. Let's pause there for a minute. Uh, Paul, a lot of times he would speak it out and someone, he would dictate to somebody and they would write it. And like a lot of people who do that at the end, they would usually maybe write a little note at the end or sign it. But a lot of theologians think that Paul really took it out of the hand of the person writing Galatians for him and wrote this last part of this chapter. And he says, listen, I want you to understand what's going on here. I mean, at one time, we'll go into this verse, he calls them foolish Galatians. And so he wants to get his point across, and he says, see what large letters I'm using as I write with my own hand. And he goes on in verse 12, he says, those who want to make a good impression outwardly, are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid from being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised 
obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. And I'm telling you what, a lot of times, and this is what men do, this is what you do, this is what I do sometimes. We think we have to do these lists of rules and, and measure up on the outside while all, all the time the inside is just really messed up. And we're trying to live our life in the flesh, and that's never what God has called you and I to do. He's called to live under His authority, under His ability. And that's what Paul's trying to get with him. He says, Galatians, listen. Listen to what I'm saying here. These people are trying to say, you've got to do this and this, and I'm saying otherwise. And look at what he says in verse 14. In fact, if 14 is not underlined in your Bible or highlighted in your iPad or whatever you're using, it needs to be. And this is a very bold statement he says here. He says here, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He goes on and says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but what counts is a new creation. See, this is a remarkable text on two different levels. Because what he says here, I boast in uh, the, the cross. I boast in the cross of, of Christ Jesus. And he says, Sean, well, why is that such a, um, uh, a bold statement? Well, one reason it's a bold statement is because of the word boast. You know, a lot of times we think the word boast means we brag about, we, we talk about, we're, we're pro- we have pride in that. In fact, really the original Greek doesn't really, boasting doesn't really give really the full example. We don't really have the right word. You can actually put about four or five different types of words into this, this one word, boast. It can mean, I glory in. So Paul's saying, I glory in the cross of, our, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or he said, I'm obsessed with the cross. I'm obsessed with, or, or I am consumed with. I am all in. My life is all about the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying there. And that's very powerful. The reason it's very powerful is because of the second reason. You know, we're so far removed from, from the from cross, from the crucifixion. Over 2,000 years. In fact, we kind of glamorize the cross now. I mean, we put it in gold. We put it around our neck. We hang it on our walls. You know, that's just a beautiful cross today. I mean, you, that's an awesome cross you have there around your neck. I mean, we're so removed. But the cross is something that was a horrible means of execution. It was meant to humiliate a person. So let's take a man and let's strip him naked. Let's put him on a tree and let's put nails in his hand and his feet and let's put him on a major highway where everybody can come and when they walk through, they can see this man so they can curse at him, spit on him and embarrass him, mock him. I mean, we have laws about that today stopping people from doing that. It's like, it would be like saying, I boast in the electric chair. Oh, that's a nice electric chair around your neck. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, uh, you know, gas chamber represented on your wall. I'm obsessed with the lifting rope. See, this is the bold statement. Back then, it was a bold statement to say, I boast about the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is shocking back then that Paul would say that. 
that I never boast in anything else except the cross. But he's been telling the Galatians this all the time. You go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And being crucified was an embarrassment. It was not good to be crucified. You wouldn't have been proud of even knowing somebody who was crucified. Then you go down to uh, verse 13 in chapter 3. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of law by becoming a curse for us, for his written curse is everyone. And here's the image that is, but, but is hung on a tree. Then go to chapter 5, verse 11. Paul writes here, Brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? See, there's an offense of the cross. The cross, and there's an offense of it. It's very offensive. You go down to verse 24. He, he talks about those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature and its passion and desires. And then in chapter 6, verse 12, he says the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross. And then verse 14 says, May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the book of Galatians is saturated with grace, but it's cross-centered. It's cross-centered. The boasting of the cross is more important than anything in Paul's life. He says, man, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm not about anything else. I'm about the cross of Jesus Christ. And it was a big deal to him. We say it today, it just kind of rolls off our, our tongue and just you know doesn't go anywhere. But it really meant something for him to say that this thing of embarrassment, this horrible way of death, I am consumed with it. I'm all into it. Why? There's a reason for why Paul was saying that, especially to the Galatians. Because the Galatians were fighting thinking that they had to do something about it. And so I'm going to give you four reasons why we today should boast in the cross of Jesus Christ and why it should be something that's a part of our life every day. Number one, because the cross confronts us with the reality of sin. The number one reason is it's because it confronts us with the reality of sin. What is the reality of sin? That we can't get rid of it ourselves. See, the Galatians was coming around and these uh, Judaizers were saying, you, you need to be circumcised in order to be saved. And you know, they weren't saying that Jesus didn't die. They said Jesus died and he did his work there. But now you have to do work also. You have to do this r- list of rituals and, 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 and be, be circumcised. You have to be good enough to really receive what he did. And that's just religion. That's just religion. You know what religion is? Is man's attempt at getting to God or being like Him. Making up their own rules to be like God. And so what the cross does, it confronts us on this issue that I can't do it myself. It confronts me with the reality of sin and reminds me that we have no work to bring to the table. I have nothing to bring. All I can do is receive what God did. It tells me that I'm a slave to sin without the cross. That I'm dead to sin. And that I'm unable to save myself. 
That's a reality that Paul is talking about. He says in chapter 3, verse 10 through 13, he says, We're cursed before God, condemned before God because of our sin, because of our inability to obey the law. And that's what religion tries to bring you back into it. See, the thing about it is we don't need any more superficial religion. And that's what a lot of Christians, especially here in America, have, is a superficial religion. They said, look at me. Look how many times I read the Bible. Look at me pray. Look at what I do. Look what I give. And in their heart, they're struggling because they never match up. They look at someone next to them and they're better than them. And they try to do it that way, and they have no relationship with the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ Himself. And like I've told you before, do we need to read the Word? Do we need to pray? Yeah, we do, but we get to do those things. It comes out of the heart of love, of an abandonment that I am dependent on God. I am dependent on Jesus Christ, and nothing else matters but me dying to myself, and I am alive to Him. Amen? And now there's no condemnation. See, what we really need is a spiritual regeneration, a supernatural regeneration in our lives. It's not just about doing a list of rules. That doesn't make you better. In fact, man, I know people who have read the Word all their life. They've read through the Word. They do their daily Bible reading plan and are still struggling with sin because they refuse to understand it's about what he did, not what I've done. And since Cain and Abel in chapter 4 of Genesis, man has been trying to use religion to cover their sins. To cover their sins. And it never works. Because you'll never receive true life without saying, I'm obsessed with you. I'm all in. I'm consumed with the cross and what it's done. This is where my glory is at. This is what I glory in. This is what I joy in that I can't do it myself. I need your help. The other reasons why we should be obsessed with the cross is because the cross comforts us with the provision of our Savior. See, now Christianity is no longer about human achievement. It's not about what you achieve as a Christian. It's about a divine accomplishment. And out of that, you know why you're probably not doing what you always wanted to do as a believer? It's because you're still relying on your flesh to accomplish it. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember what we talked about last week? It's about the Holy Spirit's there and He's wanting to, for you and I to depend on Him. It's all about that divine accomplishment because He is your provider. He is your hope. He is your joy. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about Him. So we no longer live for the applause of men. I don't live. You don't live for me to say, oh man, you're doing such a good job. You're doing great. You live for the pleasure of God. It's all about Him. So every person in this room, man, woman, child, teenager, you are free from seeking acceptance from anybody else. Amen? I don't need your acceptance to know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't need mine. 
You don't need man's approval at all. You don't need their applause of men. You are in the pleasure of God and God is happy with you. When you said, it's not my will, but your will be done. It's not by my might or my power or my strength, but by the Holy Spirit of God inside of me. And you can rest in that and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And when somebody comes up to you and looks you and points their finger at you and says, you need to do, be like this, you need to be like this. Remember, there's three fingers pointing back at them and they're in the same condemnation that they're putting you in and you know what? You need to set them free and you just need to say, it's okay, I'm good anyway. Amen? And that's the heart of God. And that's what this whole heart of Galatians, that he wrote to Galatians, because they were getting away from that. And he was worried, because you know what? Let, let me tell you, it's so dangerous when you and I get away from the cross and what was happening at the cross and trying to do it in our own strength. We fail every time. What you sow in the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. You sow in the Spirit. How did I sow in the Spirit? But I just let God rule my life. See, when you gave Jesus the, made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you haven't today, you'll have an opportunity at the end of the service. You said, God, you take control. And I give you control. I fully give you everything of my life because He is good and He is good enough for us and we no longer need the applause of men. Because of the cross, because of this, it keeps us from wasting our lives in this world. Because this world has nothing to offer us. Christ is everything to us. There's a guy, an um, uh, 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 older gentleman, he's, he's a pastor, fairly well known. Now, I don't agree with everything this guy says. But I like a lot that he says too. And he was speaking to a bunch of college students. Let me read what he said. He said this, he says, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in this world. But you do have to know the few great things that matter and to be willing to live for them and die for them. The people that make a durable difference in the world are not the people who have mastered many things, but who have been mastered by a few great things. If you want your life to count, if you want the ripple effect, of the pebbles you drop, they become waves that reach the ends of the earth and roll on for centuries into eternity. You don't have to have a high IQ. You don't have to have good looks or riches. Thank God I do have the good looks. But um, <laughs> you don't have to come from a fine family or fine school. You can pray for me. You have to know a few great, majestic, unchanging, obvious, simple, glorious things and be set on fire by them. He continued and said this, but I know not all of you want your life to make a difference. There could be people here, you don't care whether you make a lasting difference for something great. You just want, to like, want people to like you. Or if you could just grow up and have a good job with a good wife or a husband and a couple of good kids and a nice car, and long weekends, and a few great friends, a fun retirement, and a quick and easy death, and no hell. If you could have that, you would be satisfied. That's when he said, that is a tragedy in the making. 
And people are spending billions and billions of dollars to persuade you to embrace that tragic dream. And I want to plead to you, don't buy it. And then he goes on and he reads Galatians 6.14. That I boast in nothing else except for the cross of Jesus Christ. And he says, don't waste our lives in this world. See, when we boast, when we're consumed with, when I'm obsessed with, when I'm all in, I glory in what Jesus did, it keeps me from wasting my life in this world. Because of the cross, it supplies us with every good thing. The cross supplies us. He has, we have been regenerated by His Spirit. We are a new creation. And we realize this, that if the cross is not there, if it's not there, we don't have anything good. All we have is condemnation and judgment. But now we have the great thing, and that is we're a new creation. And we have the grace of God. The thing about it is, and what, one of the things when I was studying this, that we will always be rep, uh, recipients of God's grace. And that's a great thing. His enablement to us. Listen, I know you're in here today, and I want you to know I'm with you. I am tired of trying to be right. I'm tired of trying to, set, to be set to the standard that other people have of me. And I'm done. And I know you're done too. Just give it up. And let's just give it to God right now. Let's just give our life to God. Let's kick out the religion that says I have to do this and this. And let's just get into the supernatural abundance of what the cross gave to us. And let's become all in and obsessed with the cross of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Christ. And receive it. Amen? Because you are righteous. You are holy. You are just. Because of not what you did. Not because you read all the scriptures today but because you gave your life to Jesus. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Right now where you're at, just rest in the presence of God. Just rest in what He's already done for you. That the cross is already completed inside of you when you received Him. There's nothing more that you have to do except just to love Him and be in His presence. And out of that will flow everything that you will ever need. We find everything we need in the cross. Don't buy into the system of this world where you can never measure up and you're always lacking. So Father, here we are. And we just bless You right now. And we choose to be like Paul. We boast in nothing else but the cross. And we thank You, Lord. And I bless You right now. And I thank You, God, that we are set free from doing it ourselves. And we will start sowing in the Spirit. And we depend and say, God, we need You. And we trust You. And you, what you began in us, will be faithful to perform it in Jesus' name. With everyone's eyes closed, everyone's head bowed, if you're here today and said, Pastor Sean, 
I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. You may not understand what all that means, but there is something tugging at your heart right now. You know you need something more. You know there is more for you. And let me tell you something. Without God, you're going to have an emptiness. But Jesus made a way. He came. He died for our sins. So we can have a relationship with God Almighty. He's forgiven you. He loves you. And all He needs for you to do is to say yes to Him and receive Him right now. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may not understand all that right now, but you want to do that because you know you need something more. So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a second, and you can put your hand down. I don't want you to raise it because I want to acknowledge it myself, but I'm going to pray with you. And all of us together will pray together. And the Bible says when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. So if that's you here today and you say, Sean, I need something more. And I want to start and I know I need God. If that's you here today and you want to do that, no one's looking around, just raise your hand right where you're at and then you can put it down. Okay. Oh, you guys are putting your hands up. You can put them down. Anybody else? Put your hands up. Okay. Put it down. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So I want everyone to repeat after me. And if you raise your hand, just mean it with all your heart. God's going to meet you where you're at. You're going to find forgiveness and joy and a start to a great new life. So let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now. And I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Take my sin, all my punishment, upon himself. And I thank you. I thank you for forgiving me, for loving me unconditionally. And I now make you my Lord and Savior. I give you my life in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I will serve you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you raised your hands, or even if you didn't raise your hand and you meant it, the Bible says you are saved. Now, this is just the beginning, but it's a great beginning. Please let us know about it. We're going to have prayer team come up here in just a second. You can come up to them, or you can let us know um, out there at the foyer. There's a counter. You can let someone know there. Or please put it on your connection card. But we have some information we want to give you because this is the beginning, and we want to help you with your journey. It's the greatest journey that you'll ever be on. Amen? And you'll never be alone. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's worship the Lord. And if our prayer team come on up here, if you need prayer for anything, we are here for you right now. Come on up and uh, let us pray for you. Let's worship Jesus.